Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they lost in overtime in Boston to the Celtics, 121-118. And man, I really, really, really wanted that one. It was tough because this felt like a game that the Warriors really wanted themselves. Steve Kerr played a really, really short rotation, especially in the second half down the stretch. And he played all his vets, all his starters, his core guys, uh, a ton of minutes, right? There's a back-to-back in Cleveland. They're probably, you know, getting ready to to hop on the plane pretty soon. And Cleveland's obviously really good. So it's like they went all in on this one. And who knows what the minutes will be like, who's going to play, who's going to sit out against the Cavs. But, you know, the Warriors... 100% wanted this and <laughs> uh, we all did too. And, you know, it had the vibe of a game that the Warriors were managing really, really well. This was the end of the Warriors' four game winning streak against the Celtics, right? They won three in a row in the finals and then they whooped them at Chase Center uh, about a month, month and a half ago or something. And, you know, it was a game that I wanted because the Warriors, in a way, had like this mental hold on the Celtics. And I don't necessarily think that's over <laughs> per se, but this is one where, especially when Steph hit that crazy end of first half beyond half court on the other side of the midcourt logo, he switched that three. I was like, okay, okay, you could see the whole place deflate, right? I rewound that about 30 times into halftime because I was like just watching all the reactions uh, around the the stadium, on the bench, on the sidelines, on the uh, baseline, all that stuff. And it felt like, okay, the, the Warriors have the Celtics number right now. But, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, let's see how they come out in the third quarter, right? Because traditionally, this Dynasty Warriors team has been excellent at putting teams away in the third quarter. You know, this season, not so much, right? They've had trouble in a lot of the quarters, but in the third, they haven't had that real, you know, killer instincts, like just push and just put a team away. And they didn't do that here, but they came out strong in the third quarter, right? And I was like, okay, they're managing this one. And as long as they keep that lead when they bring Steph in, then I like our chances, right? I will always, even on the road in a hostile environment like that against uh, a team that is trying to prove a point, I will take those chances. But honestly, like the Warriors, you know, it's it's rough. They just didn't close it out, right? In the last game against the the Washington Wizards, right? It was almost the reverse of it. Against the Wizards, they didn't play well for most of the game. And then in the final like six to five minutes against the Wizards, they just executed and executed and executed. Uh, this was kind of the reverse. And there were just too many turnovers. Uh, they went cold. Steph missed uh, some clutch shots that you were just like, oh, these are daggers, right? Like these are the ones that you expect to go in. And it just didn't happen. 
and credit to Boston. They hit some big shots. Jalen Brown finally hit a three-pointer to send into overtime. And, you know, it's just how sometimes it goes, right? It's a make-or-miss league, and at the end of the game, the Warriors missed, and the the Celtics made shots, or should I say at the end of regulation. You know, uh, also credit to the uh, Celtics' defense, right? There were at least what? I think Al Horford blocked Jordan Poole at the rim, and Andrew Wiggins at the rim at least like a total of four times. And it's it's tough because especially on a late drive uh, that Poole had on Horford, I was like, oh, he's going to get blocked. Like you just felt it because the thing about Poole, it's like he's not explosive, right? He can jump high enough to get uh, a shot off the glass, high off the glass. He can he jump enough to high enough to, to dunk a ball, but – uh, he's not a fast jumper, an explosive jumper like a Jonathan Kaminga. So I was like, oh, he's going to get blocked. And he did. And also in overtime, it's like, you know, the the Celtics, they, I guess, had a burst of energy and they just jumped on the Warriors' first few possessions. And uh, the Warriors made some mistakes there. And even though <laughs> the Warriors battled back to get really close at the end, to get within three, uh, you know, they just didn't execute enough to make it happen. And yeah, the Celtics hit some shots. A lot was made of the fact that the Warriors didn't have (laughs) any like real bigs beyond Looney and Draymond, right? Who've obviously been taking uh, the load for most of the season. And they don't have Kaminga, who should be coming back against Cleveland. They don't have Wiseman, who's still out for a while. And they should be getting Jermichael Green back. So you all know how important Kaminga is and how critical I think he is as a player and how I think he's basically in this season is going to be part of like the quote unquote core seven of this team. He's a guy that they're not going to uh, want to trade or ever think about trading at this point and not having him just on defense and not having him, uh, active on uh, on the boards uh, and really just getting into the paint, getting fouls on the other team. Don't get me wrong, like Looney and Draymond, they battle. They battle hard. You know, Looney had 12 boards, three assists. Draymond, 13 boards, nine assists, 11 points, almost a triple-double. But against dudes like Al Horford and Rob Williams, who were both <laughs> starting. And then if you have Kaminga to spell – Draymond and Looney, then that's huge. If Even if you have Jermichael Green out there to kind of just give Al Horford like an elbow to the <laughs> to the rib cage or something. Uh, and then, of course, like I think Wiseman, I want to see him play against Robert Williams. You know, I just want to see it. Uh, and this would have been a good opportunity. I mean, the Warriors got killed on the boards, 63 to 47. Yikes. You know, it felt like every chance that the Celtics had to get an offensive board, you know, like they got it and at every critical moment and they hit it 18 offensive boards to eight for the Warriors. So uh, that ain't going to cut it. But you know what cracks me up too about Draymond? Actually, uh, if you don't know, I believe he's about two technicals from getting suspended. (laughs) So he's Seemingly on his best behavior. If you watch him, he is not throwing 
you know, tirades. He's not shouting at the refs. You saw him put his arm around the refs a couple times in this one. And it's funny to me. It's funny to me just because it's like, well, uh, so he can bring the fire, <laughs> but also kind of keep that under control, right? If, uh, if he needs to. So, uh, but it's, it's funny because I've never seen him. So, you know, he's taking the different route with the refs. Like instead of shouting at them, he's like trying to have a conversation with them and like kind of be their, be their buddy or something like that. And Hey, I love it. If it works, it works. Right. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, uh, he doesn't get suspended at some point this season, but you know, it's a long season still. And I don't know if he can prevent himself from getting a, a couple more texts, but yeah, taking a step back, I feel good about this effort. The question to me is, can they bring this consistent effort finally? Right. It's going to not probably happen against the Cavs. I mean, the effort, hopefully, but you're probably not going to see a ton of minutes from the starters uh, or at least all the starters. Right. So uh, they need to really, really harness this energy somehow. And, you know, you could say that they haven't shown it all season, which uh, is true. They've been up and down so much that they are now back under 500, 22 and 23. But, but you know that the core vets, the dynasty guys, the guys who go in the Hall of Fame, and then the guys who were there standing, playing the most minutes in the finals last year, that they can bring it. So I put my faith in that. I put my faith in... Uh, getting Kaminga back, getting, you know, a combination of Wiseman and Jamichael Green back. Obviously, I've leaned more towards Wiseman, but like I'm not going to guarantee anything with him since he's missed, <laughs> you know, two to three weeks, it feels like at this point. So just getting those dudes back and then making sure that you bring the right effort. That's it. You know, that's it. Effort, the health, and I'm good to go. Like I said, credit to the Celtics team, but man. The Celtics team, I'm not too worried about them. They don't scare me, right? Sure, they could beat the Warriors if they were both to make it to the finals, right? But they don't necessarily scare me. Jason Tatum, I said all last, you know, finals that uh, even before the finals, I was like, he doesn't seem like that guy. He's a good player, great player, right? Everybody says MVP candidate, uh, puts up great stats. But like against the Warriors, he just never looks great. I get that he scored 34 points in 48 minutes. But dude was nine for 27 from the field, only four of 13 from three. And he, you know, he had 19 boards. Great. Uh, but anybody can rebound against this Warriors team. But uh, it burns not to not to snag this one. And it would have been fun to have swept the, the Celtics in the season series. But, you know, like I said, I don't worry about the Celtics for one, because I worry about the Warriors if we're going to talk about perhaps a finals uh, rematch, then the Warriors actually have to make it to the finals, make it to the playoffs. And they are one game under 500, like I said, and they need to just start winning games, man. Basically, that's it. They need to start winning games and becoming a winning team again, bottom, bottom line. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, 
All new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I got my eye on the Niners and how far Brock Purdy can actually take this team. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Like I said, Friday, they go to Cleveland, and then they get Brooklyn on Sunday at home, Memphis on Wednesday, so they get a few days off at home, and then Toronto at home. So, you know, including tomorrow's game, that is a slate of teams, which, you know, I mean, Kevin Durant is out, right, against Brooklyn, so... You know, that uh, you never want to see uh, somebody get hurt like that, and you want to see the best competition, but that obviously helps the Warriors. And then Toronto is not having the best year, but they have talent. So, like, we can't take those games for granted because this Warriors team hasn't proven so far that they can just consistently get it done. And until they do that, it's going to be like, well, you know, fool me once. (laughs) Shame on you, fool me twice. So hopefully they stop fooling around in general. You know what I mean? At the start of the game, Kerr went with Jordan Poole in the starting lineup instead of Looney, which set the tone uh, offensively, but also set the tone in terms of uh, rebounding and stuff. I thought Poole did a better job on defense overall in this one. Maybe crunch time kind of messed up a few times, kind of flubbed a little bit. But, you know, overall, I was like, who's going to score? Because they need at least three of their four main scorers to go off. And I include in that bunch of dudes, Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Steph, nine for 25, six for 18, 29 points. He was shooting decently to start, and then he cooled off. And then Clay. Uh, 36 minutes, eight for 16, four of eight from three, four for four from the line, two boards, one assist, 24 points. Uh, Jordan Poole, 43 minutes, 10 for 25, two for 10 only from three, two for two from the line, six boards, four assists, 24 points. Andrew Wiggins, 40 minutes, six for 18 from the field, three for eight from three, five for eight from the line, four boards, three assists, four blocks, 20 points. So they got contributions from those dudes, but again, just uh, wasn't enough all around. I will say a positive is that Clay Thompson, he he looks legitimately back, right? I mean, uh, we all know that when he went down with the ACL in 2019, he was no longer just a shooter because he had developed his game to uh, mid-range, getting to the basket, all this stuff. He had a little bit more in his bag at that point. I don't necessarily think he could do all those things right now, but he is at least back to who he was, I'd say. Maybe not like athletically uh, fully, but you know, in terms of being like that knockdown shooter. I mean, when Clay gets the ball and uh, he's going to shoot it, I think it's going in. Contrast that to like a month ago, you know, especially early part of the season, uh, he gets the ball and like, ooh, <laughs> which clay is shooting this ball you know what i mean so uh i i find comfort in the fact that clay is is back and then uh jordan Poole. this game reminded me at least at least yes he had his flaws in this one uh he had a couple bad turnovers here and there but at least in this one 
he reminded me that he is a big game player, right? <laughs> uh, and that he does not shy away from the moment. And that's one of the things that makes him so valuable. And that's what makes him good, right? His youth, his poor decisions, those are the things that, you know, kind of frustrate. But again, hopefully he works through those. I mean, he had one where uh, it was, I believe, end of the third quarter and Steph was resting. And I was like, oh man, I wish Steph was on the court. I wish he still closed quarters all the time. Uh, but uh, Poole tried to create off the dribble and just couldn't get anything. Whereas like Clay was open. And again, Clay was having the hot hand. He's the one that shot a legitimately good percentage in this one. And, uh, you know, I'm like, man, Poole's just got to understand and remember that sometimes you can pass the ball <laughs> when you're initiating the offense. You don't have to just take your man off the bounce. You know, that's a decent positive. And then Andrew Wiggins, not shooting great. That will hopefully come along. I've talked about since he's come back how um, one of my worries when he was out was that because he's not traditionally a knockdown shooter, that not being used to being out for this long of a stretch, like has thrown off his rhythm. And that, uh, I mean, that would happen for anybody who's out for like a month or so, but that it might take him longer to get back into it. And hopefully that's sooner rather than later. He hit a couple big threes. So I'll take those, you know, he hit more shots towards the latter part of the game than, um, than the beginning part. And defensively he was, you know, doing his work and he was active, loose balls, all that stuff. So, you know, uh, the Warriors, they just got beaten this one and they just didn't hit enough shots and allowed the Celtics to, to make a move at the end of the game. And uh, yeah, you just hope that they can bottle this effort, this energy and bring it with them to every game at this point. You know what I mean? But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Kerr only went eight deep in this one. Uh, the other guys he did not play were only uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Moses Moody. So I guess he didn't have many options to begin with because Ty Jerome was in street clothes. He, uh, I guess they're saving his two-way minutes. But either way, uh, you know, Either way, I'm glad that the real Warriors showed up. Uh, I'm bummed as heck that they lost because not just losing to the Celtics, but like, you know, they need wins. And I thought maybe this game would be a catalyst to some more wins, but who knows? Maybe they found something here and maybe they can continue to bring it. But uh, very curious about the Cavs game, who's going to play and uh, what it's going to potentially look like because they might, they might just rest the starters, you know what I mean? They might just rest those guys. You know, I'm guessing pool because he's so young, he'll play, uh, Wiggins, maybe, maybe, but he's coming off an injury still Looney. I mean, he'll get minutes, right. Cause he wants to keep his streak alive, but who knows how long he'll, uh, he'll be out there. But anyway, that's all I got for now. See you after the Cavs. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino. 
or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. <laughs>